calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. everybody and welcome to this brand new spoiler review episode for the most recent episode of picard called dominion here from the geek buddies hey this is my star trek hey live long and prosper everybody okay I love it. It's I Friday. Love it. It's Friday. I'm in a good mood. It's a good. It's That's Friday, good. and it's not raining in LA, guys. Everything is great with the world. <laughs> the sun is out, but look, it's good timing that you're using the Spock stuff because obviously that's what we get right off the bat here in this episode. A little return of Tuvok here into uh, this episode of Picard. So much happening with the Changelings. We got a little more of the background stuff going on. Why they're going after Jack? Why they might have taken Picard's remains? What their overall goal is? And hey. Some more uncomfortable conversations about the way the Federation has done the things that they've done in Section 31 and the experimenting, the Mengele-like experiments that were going on uh, with other people not knowing about it. So 
there was a lot that we explored in this. Plus, we got Data and Laura making appearances uh, throughout. So a lot going on here in this episode, for sure. We're going to break it all down here. But let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on The Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And uh, for our final uh, broadcast here with the sponsor for Carbon Health, uh, thank you so much to Carbon Health. They've been with us for so long, but this is officially our last time with Carbon Health sponsoring us. For now, they may change their mind down the road. We appreciate it. But head on over to CarbonHealth.com. Go get checked out today. Maybe you're a changeling with vibrating uh, skin or whatever, and you need to go get looked at. Uh, maybe you've had some terrible experiments, and you need to go deal with some of the mental health issues and residues of those kinds of experiments so you don't turn into a, uh, galactal, a galactic terrorist. Uh, then head on over there to CarbonHealth.com or download the app to have a doc in your pocket for virtual or in-person care. Thank you very much, Carbon Hell. All right, anyway, let's get into this thing. Mike, you know I like to ask you first, what did you think overall? You know, we came out of last week's episode. What a banger of an episode. This one a little more low-key, no Worf, no Rafi, very much on the Titan here. So what did you think overall of what we got on this episode? I mean, we got a lot. We got a lot actually happened for a show. I mean, it's a it's a it's a testament to Picard that this episode feels low key compared to what we've been having because it's not really that low key. Like, yeah, yeah. Vatic and the Changelings on board. Lore takes over the ship. Like things go down. Um, yeah. but you're right. Like this, particularly after last week's episode, like we, you know, we definitely have some really great nods, great references to other Trek stuff, but it's more built into the plot. It's not as many Easter eggs, uh, after last week's sort of section yeah. 31, yeah. uh, uh, museum double whammy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like with three episodes left, this was sort of, assembling everybody like we warp and raffi are off trying to figure out what's going on with riker we know that riker and most likely troy are on the shrike um yeah. but yeah so we kind of like got everybody together and we got some big leaps in what's going forward we still don't fully know yeah what's going don't. like like i don't think that this whole we want to impersonate picard but we need a little bit of jack's dna to do it is the full reason here like there's more going on like so we there's still a little bit more we still don't fully know jack's powers and what's going on so there's still a couple more things what's behind that red door but Big leap forward, got a lot more information about Vatic and the Changelings, a mm -hmm. lot of great nods to DS9. Like, I still am super on board with this. And kind of to your point, uh, this episode more than most, I mean, we've been saying this a lot this season, both yeah. in um, in Beverly Crusher and Jack's sort of opinion of the Federation right off the get-go at the beginning of season three yeah. when they were like, look, there's a lot that the Federation doesn't do, and we're just trying to help the people that need help. Yeah. Throughout this federation is not gene roddenberry's federation or at least yeah. it's not just gene roddenberry's federation like they i think that gene roddenberry's ideals of what the federation could and should be are still strong and intact but we are seeing a lot of things uh pushing against that both internally and externally in the star trek universe which i love yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Gene Roddenberry. I mean, we can't stay in the '60s like everything else. Like, every, like if you want to use our country as a facsimile, you know, we're not the same as we were at the beginning of the founding and the principles and the ideology of this country. We've retained that as a foundational piece, 
but things have been done in the name of those things that may not have been quite as positive. We certainly see that as a history in all countries, really. So you see that. So why would the Federation be any different, even if it is somewhat modeled over the off of the United Nations, but really focusing on America, it feels like more than anything else. So you see the shades of that throughout this. And I think it's it's a fantastic exploration of that for sure. Now, I've seen some complaints like we still don't know no- enough about Jack's shit. We don't know Jack shit about Jack's shit, so to speak. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Too many people forget what it's like when everything was weekly. So you had to just kind of wait until the plot unrolled and developed. And then you could rewatch those episodes and be like, oh, I see what they were laying the groundwork for. So I'm seeing a lot of people going, like, why is this mystery still around? It's not time yet. They've taken us this far. and We've enjoyed it. And it's so much fun. So don't rush it. Let it unroll the way it's supposed to unroll. And we'll enjoy it as it comes along. But in the meantime, we are getting more and more clues, more and more tidbits here. They're not giving away too much. Also, this interaction between Vatic and whoever the big bad is, who I don't now think is a changeling, but is using oh, changeling. Is not. Is not yeah. a changeling. It's not changing, but it's using these changeling vibrations or whatever is going on with the hand to communicate with Vatic and those changes. So who is the big bad? I don't know. We, we speculated that lore might've been the big bad. It doesn't feel that way uh, right now after this episode. Lore's not so- the big bad. Lore's just bad over in the corner. Lore yeah, is just right. corner bad. <laughs> Lore's just fucking with shit bad. What does this do if I pull this out? You know, that's lore basically. So yeah. So seeing that here in this episode, I'm very curious what we're going to. I've seen some people, speculate that the changelings or whoever's in charge of the changelings in essence wants to bring Brack Lacutus of Borg to be the main thing. And I think that would be very interesting. We've seen hints of that. Certainly uh, um, Shaw talking about it directly. So will that be what it all turns out to be? I don't know, but I'm very curious uh, for sure. So we're going to break it all down here in this episode and go uh, go through it and, uh, and see what we think here. So the episode starts off, as I mentioned earlier, with a surprise guest appearance from Star Trek Voyager's Tim Russ as Tobak. Uh, by the way, this is the first time he's officially been Tobak in Star Wars canon, or Star Trek canon, rather, not the fan films or the other or the uh, lower deck stuff. The first time he's appeared live action since 1999. Let that sink in. It's been that long. But anyway, the Titan is hi- we see the Titan that's hiding in the Chintoka scrapyard, which in the Chintoka system, which we which appeared in several episodes of Deep Space Nine, including the Breen of the Dominion, who blew away star the star, uh, Starfleet in this in this system in the changing face of evil, which is why we have this scrapyard here. But it's a pretty stressful scene here, Mike, where Seven of Eyes sitting in the captain's chair. She is trying to figure out if she's talking to her old friend Tobak, or if this is a changeling. Uh, initially, they kind of, they're using voice wave patterns. You see the bridge doing that. But then eventually she fig- figures out the yes, this could be him because they talk about the games of Kalto that they played. And Tobak says, oh yeah, but uh, you know, I've never beat you. And so she thinks initially that's him, but then she tries one more thing by saying, let me go and meet you on this planet here and see what you think. And then talking about the mind meld stuff and how she got her brain corrected or whatever. And that's the thing that exposes Tobak as a changeling. So she grills him to the changeling to find out what is going on, why they want Jack. And then uh, Picard steps in and goes, where's Riker? And the changeling says, oh, please, you're all going to die. I'm not giving you shit. Get ready. 
Um, and we do see now and then we jump to Picard, Beverly, and Jordy having a scene where they're talking about what to do here. Worf and Raff or uh, Raffi are, are apparently monitoring Starfleet security on some uh, ports, uh, so they ain't going to be in this episode. Then Beverly thinks they need to find a tool or weapon to root out the changelings. A little foreshadowing for what we discovered later on in the episode. Picard worries about Founders Day, which we hear is 36 hours away. They figure out that the changelings are using Picard's body, but they need more DNA or a DNA relative to complete their subterfuge. So they head to talk to Data to find out what's going on. Alondra has been Alondra Ford has been working on Data, gets him to wake up, and Data immediately mentions the scimitar, which is a reference to the Shinzon warship in Nemesis. So this version of Data, his memories stop at that point in 2379, 22 episodes before this point, 22 years rather, before this episode. So very interesting. But then he becomes lore like this, and he has a cruel biting back and forth with Alondra and with Picard. Then Jordy reveals that all four identity matrices exist inside of Data. Data and Lore being the two front personalities, but with B4 and Soong as memory files only. And Picard wants to know why they took his body. And Lore and Data give him the answer of a they, that the, the Changelings want a perfectly imperfect Picard. And then Picard eventually has him turned off after Data keeps asking for help because I think it reminds him too much of what happened at the end of season one and asks Jordy if there's a way to erase Lore and leave him as Data. And Jordy reveals that he doesn't want to take this chance because if he lifts the partition, he's afraid that Data, that Lore might take over and then Data will cease to exist. And as we find out later, that's a thing that destroyed Jordy for a little while. So, Mike, some interesting opening scenes here, these first three scenes. What are your thoughts as we started with Tovak? Head to this conversation, uh, figuring out what they needed, why they got Picard's body, and the discussion with Lauren Data. My, here's my thoughts. Where is Tuvok? <laughs> okay. Where is the real Tuvok? Is he dead? And if he's dead, Terry Terry Metalis, we're gonna have words. Yeah. Do not <laughs> like I, like I got so excited when I saw Tuvok, and I was yeah, like, man. all right, is it Tuvok? Is it not Tuvok? And I I ate it up. Like yeah. the second. The second that Seven was like, oh, well, okay, um, you and I played Kalto on the Voyager. And he was like, yes, but you always beat me. I'm like, all right, we're in the clear. It's Tuvok. We're safe. <laughs> and then and then she kept going, and you're like, fuck, it's not Tuvok. And the second that it wasn't Tuvok, but that, but yeah. when, when Seven was like, well, if you knew this, you must have questioned him. I'm like, that okay, it, is Tuvok dead in a closet somewhere? Because if he is, I'm upset. I'm going to be upset. Don't. Tuvok's my boy. He, I think I had a crush on that Vulcan for several years, and I don't want <laughs> anybody hurting him. Um, but no, it was great. It was great to see him back. Um, yeah, the great, great the way that they're using everybody. I will be very disappointed if we do not see Admiral Janeway by the end of this season. Um, they, they name dropped him twice, and name dropped her they, twice. This conversation. There's no way she's not showing up. As far as I'm concerned, I know the show is called Picard. If Admiral Janeway jumps out of a closet somewhere and shoots a changeling in the head and saves the day and then asks for a, a hot cup of coffee, I'm in. I'm like, that can be the end of it as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Um, but no, so like the Tuvok stuff was great and just really showing how desperate they are to get anywhere. That they can't get to Janeway, they can't get to anyone, they're trying everything, and that the changelings are hot on their tail. Um and even the fact that they are in um, the Chintoka scrapyard, you know, again, just referencing Deep Space Nine and the Dominion yeah. War and all of this stuff that happened. And then you get into that great scene with Beverly, Jordy, and Picard. And, I mean, the highlight of that scene is really Beverly Crusher being like, 
I really wish we had a way to track them, but as soon as you get into biological shit, we're really on the verge of coming up with a weapon that could like wipe out an entire species and that's genocide and I'm uncomfortable. Not, yeah. we're not gonna do it. Picard, Picard doesn't say, all right, well, let's, let's stay yeah. away from that. He goes, well, let's just see if it's possible and then we'll discuss the ramifications. Like, again, yeah. A, showing how desperate they are because they really are. I mean, you know, the show has done such a great job of backing them into this corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also just setting up that when you are backed into a corner, those ideals can very easily go out a window really quickly. Yeah. Um, and I found that to be really, really interesting. And then we go to the great scene um, with Data where they like, where they kind of turn him back on. And Brent Spiner must be having a blast. Oh my God. Like the fact that he just gets to Jekyll and Hyde this Data lore stuff to just like go flipping back and forth. Uh, and, that, and that they even remark on, they've made lore even shittier and sharper Mm -hmm. as a villain and, and he basically says when you're forced to listen to all of these starfleet people like wax poetic about their morality it just basically makes you want to be even worse because holy shit, he doesn't want to hear that anymore so just great the way that they're doing this and also just this theory and i'm i i i hope this is where we go like this whole idea of we need to get rid of lore so that we can have our data back but that's not what soon was going for like what soon yeah. was going for was i think it's the yin and the yang it's the two wolves inside you it's like mm -hmm. data's great and we all love data we all spent our childhoods with data so we would love to have data back and we hate lore because we know he's a bad guy but the full human as we are watching our human heroes deal with their worst impulses yeah. uh the full human that blending of data and lore as much as Jordy is afraid of losing data and that lore will take over i wonder if the combination of lore and data fully joining yeah. is the thing that they are ultimately going to need um so just wherever we're going with this data lore stuff, I find very fascinating. And I think it just like kind of gets right. It gets right to the heart of Star Trek in the same way that Spock being part Vulcan and part human did and him wrestling yeah. with those two sides of things. Like there's a lot of really, really just great I, like discussions about humanity and what makes us who we are. Um, and then the big reveal is that uh, calling into question Picard's aromatic syndrome. Yeah. Like, Calling into question the aromatic syndrome, period. Is this really what killed Picard? Is this really what he has? Is this really what he passed on to Jack? Or is there more? Yeah. Um, and like a lot of people, look, the fact that the dude was a Borg is definitely on the table as something else that was in his body that could have gotten passed on when yeah. he had, uh, when Beverly got pregnant or something totally different. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what it is, but I think this is the big key because as we'll talk about in a little bit, like Jack Crusher's abilities are plentiful. And there's a lot going on. Like yeah. Picard with aromatic syndrome was like, I'm bouncing around in time and I'm very confused. <laughs> Jack Crusher is like, I'm either Jason Bourne or my dad was Professor X and I got his <laughs> telepathic abilities. So it's 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 a whole bunch of stuff happening. So we'll see where all that goes. I think you and you nailed it really well, Mike. I mean, because when you look at that scene where they're debating the idea of, you know, uh, genocide in essence through chemical warfare, which is what um, which is what happened in Deep Space Nine. I was going to say the Federation yeah. did that already. So we see them in essence start to walk down the same paths. Right. 
And when we get to data and the lore situation, I think you're right here. These four uh, dueling um, matrices, for lack of a better term, these are the things that all of us have inside of us. Not that all of us are capable of what lore is capable of, but all of us have the darker wow. side, the nicer side, the more intelligent side, the overall bigger picture side. All of us have that inside of us. So all of us, all of us are capable. That's what of I'm saying. Lore. That's what I'm like saying. We we're are all, capable. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And so I like that that mirrors what they're discussing. C characters that we've always yeah. seen mostly as supremely good, especially Beverly Crusher. When her saying, I later she'll say, I took an oath, but I'm questioning it right now. So that's the thing. And so it's very interesting to see the sim symbolism of that being played out more on the nose with the Lord Data stuff. But it is there happening for everybody. As it, you said, Mike, as you get more and more desperate and fearful, it's amazing how your principles and your um, the things you believe in are tested. And can you really adhere to them and certainly we're seeing that in our world we're seeing that now constantly people questioning how far they're willing to go to stop something that they didn't think was going to get that far what are they willing to do no matter what yeah. side of the fence you're on um that being said i think lore would fit right in with the uh, never mind all right let's move on here uh where are we we leave off at all right we was, where are we at right now time wise i don't take a break no no all right we'll move on all right we head to the strike and the big baddie there is using vatic's hand again to question vatic uh tells her that she must find jack or her and her kind will find their existence meaningless and he uses some sort of ability to vibrate their skin to really scare them. And, and you see Vatic, you see Amanda Plummer is doing an incredible job chewing the scenery throughout this episode. You see her reacting to the vibrations in her skin and what is going on. The slight look of horror on her face of what she's experiencing, her, uh, what she's experiencing. So it seems like the main villain, as I say here, is using the changeling philosophy, physiology to communicate, but is not a changeling himself. She uh, gets the gets the her crew uh, in line here to go after the Titan, and then we cut to a scene of Jack and Sydney on the elevator talking about Sydney's quarters. Very interesting. Jack's wondering how her quarters are like. Very interesting there. But she's saying, "No, I'm an ensign. It's a small quarters." And but then he pulls a Mel Gibson from What Women Want and starts to read her mind <laughs> and, and touches her hand, uh, and because she's saying because he's like reading that she's saying he's touching my hand, or is this Superman where Margot Kidder, Lois Lane is having her own conversation about Superman while she's flying with him? So there's a lot here that's very interesting. But she eventually steps out of the elevator after he touches her hand a little bit and asks him why he did that, and then we see the stuff start to happen around Sydney that happens when Jack uses that power of his, uh, and he gets back onto, or he stays on the other end. Then Jack comes onto the bridge, and we hear about compromise, compromise prefix code. For those of you who are at the con fans, you know what a free prefix code is, what a ship's prefix code is. So uh, it comes through from the Shrike, and they deduce that Vatic has Riker, and then Jack and Picard go off to talk, and they discuss having Jack trade himself in for Riker. This is something Jack wants to do. Picard says no. And uh, Jack is doing the standard freakout that we've seen, like in Save It and Private Riot. Why are all these people sacrificing themselves for me? Just give, you know, just turn me in. Uh, and Picard says, "This isn't your fault. This is not, you know, this is not something you deserve." Um, and then Jack talks about how he's always been different and can hear things in his head. And Picard wants to know what he's hearing. Jack does not answer him, but he's frustrated that they don't have the advantage because uh, he doesn't mind a fight when either he can cheat or it's equal. But when he's a step behind, he's really not enjoying the fight right, right now. And Picard says, well, what if they 
do have an advantage. So very interesting stuff. Let's stop there. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on these uh, scenes here um, with strike uh, with, with what's happening with Vatican, the strike and the big baddie and uh, Jack and Sydney, and then Jack and Picard. Well, that I mean, you're, to your point, Amanda Plummer yeah. is really she's going for it. Yes, and I, you know, like I was thinking about it, like, you know, we don't think about this a ton with Star Trek, but when a Star Trek villain is good, they are very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously Khan, um, but I put the Borg Queen up there. I put Q up there. Yeah. Uh, really, General Chang, Amanda Plummer's dad in yeah. Undiscovered Country, like he was, it's almost like she like was like, all right, dad, you chewed up some serious scenery <laughs> quoting your Shakespeare in the original Klingon in Star Trek Six, and I'm going to go toe-to-toe with you here because she is just really – doing all of those extra like she's just really going for it like inhabiting this role in a really fun way so she's i mean from the from the get-go she was great as we've learned more about vatic as a character and particularly in this episode really just makes her much more interesting so everything with her is really cool the big thing and we already discussed it is that this disembodied head that she is speaking to yeah um refers to her and her kind thus basically saying that that is not a changeling so that it's not just the changelings in on this like the changelings are being used as part of this but we still don't have the full story of who's behind the curtain so that was the big takeaway from there um jack and sydney like i i ship it like i ship it i'm I'm in yeah yeah, those two when you have two act because there's a lot of times we've all had this where you watch a show and there's two characters that are supposed to be together or you or the 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 writers want them to get together and there's just like no chemistry right and then you get some stuff like this where these two basically like like they look at each other on uh, on that turbo lift and you're like oh yeah they want to be fucking oh yeah like (laughs) they into it um they were that's what they were thinking Listen, if Starfleet, uh, if Starfleet can be, part, but okay. Well, if Starfleet can be in the gray area, then people on a then people on a uh, a spaceship could be want to be fucking. It's fair point. Um, fair point. But uh, yeah, so then we get this whole psychic thing. So like, look, Jack has visions. He sees things. Yes. Eromatic syndrome. There's a lot of uh, Stranger Things style uh, cracks and things appearing around him in this red door. True. Don't really know what that is. He can go full Jason Bourne. Okay. And now he can read people's thoughts. So what the fuck is he? <laughs> um, you know, Vatic sort of implies later yeah. that he's not really Beverly Crusher's, which Beverly Crusher really doesn't like. But there are, like, there is a giant question here that I don't know that even Locutus of Borg answers. Like, like what right. is it, what is Jack and how much of it is from Picard and how much of it is from something else? Like there is some big mystery yeah. box here. And look, in classic JJ Abrams style, and I think this is where people are getting a little frustrated, the longer you keep the mystery box closed, mm-hmm. the better the reveal has to be. Right, exactly. Um, so, and they yeah. are keeping that box closed and so, what what it's going to be is a very very big question um but then he goes to the bridge he and picard talk Uh, great conversation i mean to your point it's very saving private ryan it just makes you like jack it is a very like he is not selfish he does he didn't ask for this he doesn't want this and then picard goes well maybe we do have the upper hand and i still even though i love this episode question 
this plan. Yes. I question this. Let's invite all the bad guys onto the ship where we already have the killer robot that's tried to kill us multiple times. And that is going to give us the upper hand. I don't fully understand why this was the plan, but I, I, I'm down. I'm down. We're getting to it. We're getting to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like these. I liked the Jack and Sydney scene. As I agree with you, the chemistry there between them just radiates off the screen. Very simply, very honestly, uh, that chemistry there. So you're like, okay, good. I want to see more of this. Maybe Seven of Nine is like the aunt you have that you get hot for every once in a while. That's maybe that's the 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 service. But the Jack and Sydney thing is the thing I want to see happening. Uh, so I hopefully that opens the door. Plus. The idea of Jordy and uh, um, uh, Jean-Luc being in-laws, I mean, that just, uh, you could write a whole thing on that, on those uh, family functions, for God's sakes. Those are great scenes I would love to see. If they survive. If they survive. If any of them survive, that's for sure, considering this is the last season. But um, yeah, and then also what we're seeing with Vatic, I started to feel the possibility of redemption here for Vatic in this scene with this big baddie, the fact that he was willing to vibrate to the point where you saw the terror come across her face. And as we, as we're going to find out here, maybe a little PTSD to where she was being experimented on in section 31, that starts to make me uh, open the door to the possibilities because Vatic seems to be, or this changeling rather seems to be being pushed along in this situation and especially because she's like, well, it's going to be hard to find him. And she's like, well, you better find him or you're all going to effing die. So that is kind of that makes the fact that there's another thing in charge of them, forcing them to do certain things. That makes me start to feel a little more sympathy for Vatican later, which we're about to get to, I think so as well. So that opens the door. And I, I kind of like that as a new wrinkle in this overall story here and then of course we get to jack and and picard having it's incredible how fast they've they've developed the father and son relationship here that he seeks advice he seeks counsel from his father in this moment and has the conversation with him and says he doesn't want to sacrifice himself but which is of course some of the stuff picard has had to deal with picard has had to go through and this is standard stuff how many times did harry potter tell ron and uh, hermione that he did not want them to go along on these adventures because he didn't want them to come to harm and it's yeah. it's that's the heroic things you said, Michael. It's happened in numerous uh, franchises, in numerous properties. You've seen the hero want to be like, no, leave me alone because I don't want you to come to harm. It's my battle and I should live or die or whatever. And so you see Jack wanted to give himself up. But then when Jack gets threatened, you see you see what happens with Jack. So it's very interesting to see where that oh, this is all going to lead to uh, in the end. And you're right. Who is Jack? What is Jack? Is this an immaculate conception in space? I don't know, but I have questions and we're going to find out in the next few episodes. But let's take a break right now and then we'll jump in to the rest of the episode right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. 
Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. Where is Tuvok? <laughs> where, where is Tuvok? All right. So as Michael alluded to, the Titan sets a trap here. Uh, you know, has some broadcast of a Vulcan ship trying to find them there, and some uh, you know some trick there that uh, their uh, core has been um, uh, disconnected there. So uh, Vatic takes that as a cue and uh, goes aboard the Titan with her crew. Uh, uh, Vatic, Beverly, and Picard have a great back and forth about the lies of the Federation and the atrocities. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Here we go. They come aboard the crew, and then eventually. Uh, Vatic sees Jack, says, oh, I thought you were taller. There was a fun little back and forth, and Jack takes off, leading these changelings into trapped sections of the ship. They put down all these barriers, and then eventually they trap Vatic, and then Vatic, Beverly, and Picard have a very interesting back and forth about the lies of the Federation when it came to the Dominion War and the atrocities that they actually committed. Uh, Vatic lets them in on why she wants to destroy the Federation. She was one of 10 changelings that was captured by Starfleet and experimented on by a Dr. Mengele-type scientist in Section 31. So far, even whistling three blind mice while she was torturing them. So the combo of the fact that she was so casual about torturing them and the limits that their bodies could go to and her saying it was unimaginable terror uh this is something that should be uh, really highlighted here in a a bold decision by the writers and terry metallis to go that far with this situation here uh in deep space nice section 31 created a virus to kill changelings in the episode extreme measures but bashir found the cure Vatic does point out that Starfleet did not deliver the cure, which is what we, uh, what Picard and them were saying before. She says, is that what's in your Federation history books? Because that's not what happened. And that one of their own had to steal it and bring it to them. And that's Odo, another reference to Odo here, who brought the cure in what you leave behind that episode there. So uh, we see, as I said, the scientist uh, uh, who is essentially Amanda Plummer in regular form here. So she took on, we find out the Changeling took on the shape of the man of Amanda Plummer, so that she could uh, have the face to remind her of her fate. She says something here that's really interesting because uh, Picard says, "I didn't know," and she says, "Vatic, how remarkable it is that an enlightened species can ignore each other's pain." I think it's a very poignant line in this episode. Suddenly, shit starts to go wrong. These uh, these uh, barriers start to come down here, and it's Lore taking control of the ship. Sydney is in trouble. Jordy petitions data, data rather, through Laura to help Sydney. He speaks about his true feelings. A very beautiful emotional scene for, about data talking about how he was broken when data died. It took him a long time to put himself back together, but it was data who helped him put himself back together. And it was data who taught him how to be a better person, a better man, a better father. Very beautiful acting here uh, uh, going on. And Jordy wants to know what Lore wants. And that's survival that's what lore wants and which what the changelings want what your daughter wants it's survival lore has control of the ship and is leveling the playing field and all the changelings can fight back all of a sudden vatic escape jack kills one of them then he and sydney do a version of the mind meld thing here and he helps her kill the changeling that is uh, threatening her after he kills his changeling uh data returns here uh, uh removes control of the ship from lore Sydney freaks out that Jack was in her head. Then Vatic shows up. They take off. 
Beverly invest in, investigates Project Proteus, which is what Vatic revealed was the name of the project that experimented on the chains links. Cross references it with the Daystrom Institute. They discovered that the formula they were exposed to was Thelomium 847. And they figure, as Beverly said earlier in the episode, they finally found a thing to track them with. Um, and so that's what they're going to use. They come upon the uh, this uh, turbo lift and, he and they take the up to the bridge. These changelings do after they beat up Shaw on this turbo lift yet again. Poor Shaw. He falls out of here pretty beating up, beaten up. He tells she tells Vatic does when they take over the bridge to uh, tell seven of nine to open up a channel. She doesn't. We hear open up the channel old school Star Trek noise, which is awesome. And wants to address the ship. And she delivers this in spe this speech about why she's taking it over. She says she's doing this not out of cruelty, but out of mercy. And she reveals that they are bringing Jack Crusher to where he most belongs. She says she is Vatic. And, and it is time that everyone learned who Jack truly is. And that's the end of the episode. So, uh, Mike, a lot. let's get into the trap here. Was it wise? Was it not wise? The discussions it led to. Uh, data and lore, data retaking lore, the uh, emotional reveal of Jordy LaForge there about data, and then Vatic taking over the bridge of the ship and taking over the Titan. Well, the proof is in the pudding. The plan didn't work great. <laughs> it didn't. No. But so that's that's that. Not not the best of the plans. Um, but it sure gave us some awesome stuff. So that part was good. Um, yeah, the Vatic, everything about vatic's origin story is fascinating i mean yeah, basically yeah. the fact that during deep space nine during the dominion war like uh section 31 was using changelings and trying to build like basically the federation's perfect spy yeah like let's build let's build the spy that we can control that's going to be harder to um to track than the yeah. current changelings are because we know how to find them um, let's make let's make some sleeper agents for ourselves that are even more difficult, more challenging, more dangerous. And that came back to bite him in the ass. So uh, that was fascinating. Her version of the cure. Mm. This is one of those interesting things, like saying that the Federation gave the changelings the cure is not correct. Not 100 percent correct. Saying. No. Saying that a changeling stole it from the Federation to give to them, technically Bashir did steal it from Agent 31 and then gave it to Odo. But, like, there were Federation people that also were instrumental in getting yeah. that. Like, it's one of those weird things that, like, and again, this is what's great because when you really focus on this event, yeah, uh, yeah. when you watch Deep Space Nine, our heroes who we loved, who were part of the Federation, did the right thing. So, in your mind, you go, oh, the Federation did the right thing. But technically, Vatic's not wrong that the Federation didn't make this choice. Yeah. Our, 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 our crew on Deep Space Nine made a choice. And so it's a gray area. Like, well, And I think that's that, great, Mike, because yeah. both sides believing their narratives so that they can function within the construct of the reality they've built for themselves. So they believe whatever they need to believe in order to keep doing the things that they're doing. So yeah. very interesting. Yeah. The truth is messy. The truth yeah. is super messy yeah. and the truth doesn't let the Federation off the hook and the truth doesn't let Vatic think that only change, you know, it's like, it's, it's just a really interesting when she said that I was like, I had to go back and be like, wait a minute. I think this is how it happened. Am I, am I misremembering? I'm like, no, I was like, but, She's not 100% wrong. So I just found that really interesting. Again, like Deep Space Nine, really, I mean, as we've been talking about this and we've been talking about all the great stuff that Picard did, I mean, Deep Space Nine was the first time yeah. that 
the Federation where they decided to let the Federation get a little down and dirty. Yeah. Like that was the big thing that set Deep Space Nine apart after Next Generation. Next Generation really, for the most part, adhered to those sort of rules of like the Federation is good. Yeah. The Federation does the right thing mostly. There's, you know, a couple assholes here and there, but like the Federation is basically good. And even the conflict within um, an episode should really come from outside stuff. Like we all basically get along. And Deep Space Nine was like, hey, let's have a bunch of people that don't get along at all and put them yeah. all on a space station together. <laughs> exactly. And then let's have this Dominion War that is really messy and upsetting and like kind of like blurs the boundaries of what's right and wrong. So the fact that Picard is doing such a great job as a show of really kind of getting into that gray area of what the Federation is and is calling back to the Dominion War to do that is just yeah. really, really great storytelling and kind of ties in a lot of the great elements of the history of this whole era of Star Trek. So it's all really, really fun stuff. Um, and yeah, to your point, John, really upsetting. I mean, watching yeah. Amanda Plummer as the scientist just whistling away, not giving a shit what she's doing when she's basically <laughs> torturing sentient beings. You're like, yeah, this is, this is not a good look. Agent yeah. uh, Section 31 is not a good look for the Federation. Um, then And then just even all of the moral questioning that Beverly and Picard have, like mm -hmm. that they're both sort of like, like Beverly says, like I've lost my compass. Yeah. Like her son is in danger. They are up against the wall. Founder's Day is coming. There is some shit going down. Everyone is in danger. The Federation has been like basically compromised up to the highest levels. Yeah. Is this the point where your morals go out the window because you have to save the day? And that is like sort of the question that's being asked here. Um, and then meanwhile, over in the other area where Lore takes over the ship and just fucks everybody's shit up, uh, Jordy does the classic thing that you do in any animated movie or fantasy novel or whatever, which is appeal to friendship. Because, and I speak with a little bit of experience here, friendship is magic. Oh, boy. Friendship oh, is boy. magic. Um, and it's great. And what's really great about it is again, Jordy and Data's friendship is one of the best parts of Star Trek, the next generation, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. them being besties, always wonderful. And when Data died, yeah, it was more of a Picard Data story. And Jordy kind of just was there being like, that's sad. And then right. when Data died again, at the end of season one of Picard, no LeVar Burton. So yeah, right. this yeah. was LeVar Burton's chance to sort of go, hey, I'm going to, oh, and Terry Metalis and the whole team writing it, but like, yeah, hey, right. let's give Jordy that emotional moment that he never really got to have. Let's have mm -hmm. him call back. And so kind of just going in like, Data, you made me a better person. When you died, it broke me. And LeVar Burton was going for it. So yeah, again, right. you know, I, I got to say, like the whole Star Trek, like, you know, Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, LeVar Burton, Brent Spiner, everybody, uh, all of our classic, uh, Michael Dorn, like everybody from next generation, it's been a lot of years since some of them have put on these Starfleet uniforms and gotten in front of the camera to do this, but they are really bringing it in a lovely yeah. way. So they, that was a really lovely moment. And then, yeah, you've got this whole Sydney Jack thing. And for a minute I was like, if they kill Sydney, I'm going, this is, this is gonna, this is gonna be some shit, but no, instead you went full mind meld something. Yeah. So again, so Jack Crusher just add <laughs> taking someone's body over. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he, I, uh, know, right? yeah. I mean, basically he was, I mean, they did it. Like he was telling her what moves to do in her mind, but was also right. doing them. So it was sort of mirroring. So like he kind of was like in the driver's seat, it felt yeah. like, and certainly her reaction afterwards was like, 
were you in the like that's gross you were inside me like i have you're very yeah. cute that's not what i meant when i was thinking that it would be fun for us to get together um so really interesting stuff there to your point captain shaw and his no good very bad days that he has been having here like man just when we met him he was just drinking some wine and um, yeah. eating a manly steak and complaining <laughs> about jazz music and look at how far he's come um i mean it's just been a rough time for shaw like he's yeah, he's i i hope he gets a moment to really stick it to somebody because he's had a really rough few days on he's, the time he's like he's like david paymer in oceans 13. i hope at the end he wins the lottery at the end like he does in the airport I hope yeah Gets um, yeah, but then Vatic. So now Vatic's in control. Changelings have the ship. Changelings have Jack, and we are going to fly somewhere and get some answers. Yeah. So you know we've got what? This was episode seven. We got eight, nine, ten. We got three more episodes, mm -hmm. and we got like based on the end where she's like, let's let's show everybody who Jack Crusher really is. I think episode eight is going to be the opening of the mystery box. Like this is yeah. the moment where okay, well this is what Jack is. And if what Jack is, is because of what was inside Picard that we didn't really know about, we're going to find out about that. We're going to find out the full plan, maybe yeah. even find out who it is that's sort of pulling the strings with the changelings. And that'll hopefully allow us then with episodes nine and 10 to just be all out Star Trek. Let's save the fucking universe. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm certain that ending has a lot of foreboding to it. The sound cues that they used at the ending, the way that uh, Vatic went silent when she turned to walk towards the captain's chair, then turned around and said, we're going to find out. It's time everybody found out who Jack really is. It was so well done. She could have revealed it in the speech. She opened the door to it, but then went silent, turned around and said, oh no, we're all going to find out together. You're all going to see it. I want to be there to see it. So yeah. Yeah. This whole stuff with her coming aboard. Yeah. A dumb plan, but you know, no offense, but the car has been kind of full of some dumb plans throughout the whole se this season. But Kirk anyway, has had some dumb plans too. Kirk is not infallible. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yes. Certainly. Rathacon showed us that when, you know, he's like, you go ahead and keep quoting regulations uh, to Savick. So yeah, fair point. But like in this, yeah, this was not the best plan, but anyway, it, it leads to these conversations. And I think these are, fantastic conversation certainly with vatic saying this um this federation that you love so much they full well knew the people in charge that there was this section 31 and they were trying to create these essentially sold super soldiers for like a better term yeah. that would go in or special forces that would go in to infiltrate a movement to infiltrate a country or a planet or a species and essentially do what's best for the Federation or do what they think is best for the Federation. And that's dangerous. And again, the real world connections are there for you to see. Service level, it works. But the real world connections, if you know the history of countries in power and the things that they've done with these special forces, with these organizations, you know that that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's uncomfortable. It's unsavory. But I don't think there's an empire that's ever existed that didn't do these kinds of things. So it's an unfortunate thing. Yes, they lie to themselves or they say to themselves, rather, that this is what we have to do in order to maintain order. But it can get really murky when you get into the morality of it all. And I like that they were they didn't shy away from this. And again, this whole conversation and scene and seeing the uh, the actual doctor there or scientist, whatever she was, experimenting on them and whistling three blind mice and 
it adds a real sense of just like, ugh, to it all. And you start to wonder, you start to feel, again, as I said earlier, a little bit of the possibility of a redemption here for Vatic as a changeling that she's being taken advantage of by these people who are in charge because they are using her hate to for their own goals. They're using the anger that the other changelings, who were, I imagine were part of the experiment there, um, that are on the ship, using that for their own needs. And eventually, I think the changelings are going to figure out what's going on and might make a heroic gesture to turn the tide at a critical moment down the road. We shall see for sure. But then the Jordy LaForce, I mean, that is just such a beautiful speech there to deliver and give his whole heart to it. And I thought LeVar knocked it out of the park there. What a great little moment between them and showing the love. And we've always sensed the love between Data and Jordy. I mean, some of the favorite scenes from Next Generation are Jordy and Data. So, and, and for the movies as well. So it's nice to see that kind of called back in his ability to give all this love to it. And it eventually does work. It eventually does get through to Data and Data puts all this stuff down. But them taking over the bridge, whew, that is some strong stuff. Taking over the bridge, being in control of the ship now this was all their idea to let them onto the ship i think they underestimated vatic they didn't factor in that lore might take over the ship which is a real terrible miscalculation and now we see what's going to happen next with all of them and that's very scary where we're going to where we're leading to and i've seen some people complaining that we haven't had deanna troy extensively in the season and uh, terry metallis to his credit responded back on twitter and said you know hey this is, uh, she is in London. It's hard to schedule these times. She's a very busy woman. She's got other things going on. We got the amount of time we could get with her. She let us know and we wrote around that. So, you know, cut them a little bit of a break. It's not the matter of they just don't give a shit about Deanna Troy. It's a matter that Marina Sirtis is her own woman, is her own thing, doing her own stuff, is busy on her own schedule. So maybe they did what they, what she was available to do uh within the construct of this season you know not everyone wants to come rushing back and do 10 episodes of a series some people actually just want to come back for a little bit and roll on need i bring up michelle forbes who said you know who turned down playing Rolarn in another series because she wanted to go and do other things and that exists out there they're actors first and foremost ladies and gentlemen so i just wanted to give a little bit of a defense there for why deanna hasn't fully shown up but terry's also promised she will Factor very strongly in the next three episodes. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Look, I want to see this crew on the bridge of the Enterprise yeah, flying in to save the day one more time. That is what I want. <laughs> yes. Then I want Admiral Janeway with a cup of coffee standing next to Tuvok because he is not dead. He's that's not what dead. I want. That's 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 all I need in life. Um, Do we get no, Cisco? Look, Do we get Cisco? Or no? Do you think we get Cisco? I don't, I don't no. think we get Cisco. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like we've got, but I mean, like, I mean, look, look, when you look at the totality of what this show is doing, sort of yeah. tying in, I, you know what it reminds me of? This is so weird, but it's like, it's sort of like when, if you are a DC nerd, how you yeah. have Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, and then you had that episode that sort of tied Batman Beyond yeah. into it and sort of were like, hey, this whole era of Bruce Timm DC animation is just one mega universe that all connects together and you can sort of love it for that. Yeah. Um, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, those three shows are such a essential part of the history of Trek. And so for Picard to come along and draw so heavily from 
Voyager, but particularly Deep Space Nine with the Dominion War, like with the cure, with the changelings, with all of this, like it really like it's obviously this is a love letter to Picard. Obviously, looking at the cast, it's a love letter to Next Generation. But more than anything, it's really a love letter to this era of Star Trek Mm -hmm. uh, and and all the things that we love, you know, I mean, like all the references to the movies and everything else. Like it's just it just feels so right. And yeah. that's, that's all I can say about it. I mean, we talk about it every week, but, um, it so far they've not let us down and I don't think they're going to let us down in the next three episodes. Yeah. Um, that they've really set this thing up as when people talk about Star Trek, because I don't think Star Trek is going in it. Paramount can't figure out how to make a movie at the moment, but we got a lot of TV shows coming. There's a lot of more stuff like we will have Star Trek will be around for a while yeah. and it'll be really fun 20 years from now to see something that is calling back to this storyline yeah. because yeah, yeah. this storyline is going to be one of those storyline that stays storylines that stays around for a long time. Yeah. And I think they announced yesterday, a new show Starfleet Academy is coming. So, you know, yeah, you're like you said, we're not done with Trek by a long mile here uh, in our world. And I will say this is as you were talking it occurred to me in essence, Picard this season is like the data lore situation. You've got the original series, you've got Next Generation, and DS9 and Voyager. That's the four matrices coming together to form this season of Picard. So, yeah, there have been some Enterprise references, but those four have been the real connective tissue here. I and mean, I like yeah. I think Enterprise is kind of the B4 in this equation because before. <laughs> Right, Listen, I I actually do. I mean, I know oh, that they said that. Which this I is like just, so. Yeah. Ra- shout random out to thoughts. Dallas and the crew. Yeah. R- random thoughts that I have while watching this is that I mm-hmm. I get why they were like, let's just focus on data lore and and uh, before and soon are kind of just like in the background as like data yeah. files. But boy, before is so stupid. I would have loved <laughs> him to come out and ask some questions like he did in the movie. Where I I just wanted like to be like, it's lore, it's data, and then someone's like. Hey, bearded man, you have hair on your face. And you're like, yep, there's before. There's that, there's that dummy. So you said that. that. We, I, that. I don't think there's anybody fans? in the world. I don't think anybody in the world can disagree about the dumminess of before. I think that is canon and fact. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I've seen people defend Spider-Man 3, Mike. So maybe there are people who are defend B4. I'm just throwing it out there. But at the end, I think what Michael said is so great. And I'm going to add just a little bit to it and say, I, I think what comes through when you watch this these uh, episodes every season, every week rather, is the true love that the writers and Terry Metalis have for Star Trek. The very learned love they have and the way that they're seamlessly weaving in these references or these connective tissues to these other uh, episodes that have gone on in previous seasons of other Star Trek shows or movies. It just works so well. And this is yet another episode where it works well. Now, is it is it one of the best episodes of the season? No, but it's a damn good episode. So I enjoy it for giving us a little bit of the waves pulling back before we get thrust onto the shore over the next three episodes. And I can't wait for it to happen. So, uh, all right. Well, there's our spoiler review for this episode, Dominion of Star Trek Season 3 of Picard. Let us know what you thought about it. Michael, what do we have to tell them? 
Whew, all right. If you would like to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, we are at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, he is at the Roca says. If you would like to follow me, I am at MKToon. In addition to following us, if you enjoyed this video and want to help us continue to do what we do, here is what you can do. You can hit that like button below. You can subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page and check out all the amazing content he's got there. Leave your comments below. What did you think of this episode? What do you think is coming up next? What do you think? is going on with jack crusher and uh where is tuvok let us know below in the comments uh <laughs> if you are listening to us on a podcast go ahead and leave us some stars and comments so it helps us go up in the rankings and as always the best thing that you can do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go and of course a big shout out to carbon health for our final show with carbon health our sponsor for now head love on you. over to tell yeah that's right we love you we, we love you carbon so health <laughs> head on over to carbonhealth.com to go get checked out today they got 80 plus locations in california 100 plus all over the country go get checked out virtually or in person they've got some great uh, uh health care plans for you but also some great stuff for mental health they've got some new programs to put in motion get involved with all that if you're in a uh, bad place right now in your life it's a positive thing to do something for yourself self-care don't ever deny yourself some self-care. You can also download the app if that's easier for you. Have a doc in your pocket. Thank you very much, Carbon Health, for sponsoring us for as long as you did. We appreciate it madly. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review of Picard here from the Geek <laughs> Buddies. dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.